Becoming parents changes everything, and it can put a lot of stress on your relationship, turning from wedded bliss to pulling your own hair out. But it doesn't have to be this way. Today's guest, Nicole McCarran, is a coach for new parents, and she's going to show us the five ways to strengthen your marriage as you welcome a new little one into the family. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Welcome to the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We are your hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams. This is episode 74, and each week we're bringing you interviews designed to build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having the conversations that matter. So we talk with incredible experts about every important area of life, from health and fitness to finances, parenting, sex, career, spiritual growth, and so much more. Sprinkled in, we get to connect with amazing couples who share their stories of overcoming ordinary to build a legendary marriage. All right. So Nicole McCarran is on the show today and she's been working with new parents for over 10 years. She finds over and over again that couples do a great job preparing with all the baby gear and writing the perfect birth plan and reading the baby books and everything, but they still fall short because they don't prepare for the toll that a new baby takes on a marriage. Today, she's going to be giving us five ways to strengthen your marriage as you welcome a new baby into the family. You know what? As I was going back, um, and I've listened to this podcast over and over again, I really think that I can take a lot away from her wisdom in just any big transition that comes your way. Maybe it's a new job or maybe it's moving cross country. So I feel like any big transition the things that she has to share about strengthening your marriage, welcoming a new baby, really applies across the board. So um, I know you... Truth is uh, transfer... What am I... Transferable. Transferable. Thank you. Yeah. I know recently, <laughs> Justin, you did a big change in, in career and in starting a new job. Yeah. And there were a lot of things that we did not anticipate as far as mindsets or how it mm -hmm. would affect the family. And We're things. still adjusting. I know we are still adjusting. And that was what, four or five months ago. Yeah. And so I feel like this is some wisdom we could have used four or five months ago or six years ago when we had a new little baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, when we, when we, like we were so shocked when we even got pregnant because it was such an ordeal for us that we did not prepare not, I mean, not in the relationship sense at all. We, I mean, we were just like, yay, we're, we're going to have a kid. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> and I think that I was dreaming so long about all the baby gear and yeah. how life was going to be different and all that. Um, and... And then the next day I started grinding my teeth so bad I felt like somebody had smashed me in the face with a sledgehammer. But that's a story for another day. Oh my gosh. We'll find out about some of the darker sides of um, Justin's mind and bringing home a new baby on this episode. So um, let's just get to... Wait, what? All right. Sorry. Fine, fine. Hey, let's get She's to it. She's giving me a look like, shut up, we're moving on. All right. Let's join in our conversation with Nicole McCarran. All right, so we are joined on the podcast today by Nicole McCarran. She is a coactive coach, just like us. We love our coactive coaches. And coactive in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I can't pull that off. No, please don't. 
She's the leader of Mama Bloom, and she gives individualized coaching and small groups to mamas, specifically new mamas. And she's been working with new parents ever since 2003. Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you, guys. I'm excited to be with you guys. Okay, so tell us, you've been working with new moms since 2003, so for a long time. So what got you into just being passionate about helping new moms? I've always had a pull to working with new moms. I think it was the, I I feel like moms create such a generational impact in their families. And initially, I think it was that. I have a real heart for generational transformation, but then I I was working with new moms before I was a mom. And then I became a mom in 2009 and it completely rocked my world. And I think I was just like, oh my goodness. It like made, it pulled me even more so to supporting new moms and wanting moms to have just really open, honest, nourishing spaces. What do you mean it rocked your world? I just had this like super, like I always wanted to be a mom and I just had this really flowery sense of like, oh, parenting will be so fun and so easy. I think I didn't understand the depth of sacrifice and just how much, how demanding it can be. It just really caught me off guard. So some of that, my expectations were really checked. Sometimes those like Johnson and Johnson commercials where they're like bathing their sweet little baby and they're like, they're really good smelling and you just snuggle with them all the it's time. All beautiful and it's beautiful. Yes. And they just sleep and everything's easy. No, it's like, and like a bunch of identity questions. I mean, just lots of it. And seeing kind of like negative sides of myself. I feel like parenting has really brought that forth where before parenting, I could be, oh, I'm really patient and I'm laid back. And then my kids come on the scene you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm impatient. Yes, exactly. All of those things. So um, especially when you only eat like goldfish, graham crackers (laughs) and macaroni and cheese, you barely sleep. Yes. And you live on like Diet Coke and coffee, like exactly. And chocolate. The stage success. I'm just saying. Yes, totally. Really doing well there. So you actually started your work. You were a doula for a while. I was. Yeah. I still, yeah. And I think in 2008, I became a doula and I've attended births since then. I'm not doing as many births right now because it's just such a, it's a really demanding lifestyle as far as being on call and trying to raise a family and actually have a peaceful home. It felt really hard for me to do both. Now you said when you became a parent and so you're married to Bill, Bill is your husband. Bill's my husband. Yeah. So we actually kind of met through Bill. Yeah. Just I, got, I got to go on an epic uh, adventure with Bill. We did a Braveheart <laughs> intensive down on the Devil's River. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. <laughs> was it scary? Uh, Devil's River? Bit. I mean, the river itself is beautiful, but we digress. So here's my question. Now that you kind of know how it rocked your world when you became a new parent, how do you prepare parents that are just about to have a baby? Um, what words of wisdom do you have for them in preparation for their birth? Yeah. Well, so the first thing I want to say to that is, and not everyone does this, but I did this. We spent so much time focusing on the birth because I was so, you know, it's just such a new scary thing that we didn't do a lot of postpartum planning or even thinking about 
what it would take to be a parent. And so that's one of my first things that I would love to say is just, just actually taking a little bit of time to think about like, okay, this is going to be a transition and facing the reality of it a little bit, I think is a big piece versus just focus all on birth or focused all on baby gear. I think some people get like, okay, we need the swings and we need this versus how is it going to affect our marriage? How is it going to affect myself? Um, so beginning to open up some of those conversations, I think is a big piece and, and really marking it as, as a transition and not just like life is normal and we continue on. It really is a big just transition. Throw a baby in your baby carrier and then you'll just keep, keep on a trucking. Exactly. Throw the baby in the swing. It's like something out of a John Steinbeck novel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just keep picking the yeah. fields and yep. throw the baby on your back. Just keep, <laughs> just keep going. No problem. No, but it really is a huge transition, especially for your marriage. Cause I yeah. feel like there was so much more stress, you know, going on. What do some of your couples experience when they first become parents that weren't in the Johnson and Johnson commercial? Yeah, that weren't having that kind of life. <laughs> I think there are some really positive things. You know, there's a lot of oxytocin flowing around and you've created this little being. So I don't want to, you know, I want to mention that is that there, there can be periods of like of really close knit bonding and like, oh my goodness, we really, we did this and, and you have this new thing you're doing together. Um, so I think that can be one experience, but I think the stress that you're mentioning, Danielle, I think can begin to take its toll. So maybe in the beginning, it's like, okay, we had this baby and you're doing all this stuff, but then the stress and the sleep deprivation and the focus on a little baby, which is needed, um, begins to really take a toll on your, on your marriage. And I, I feel like I begin to see and have experienced and seen in different marriages resentment, I think moms can have a lot of resentment towards their husbands if they're doing the bulk of the care, um, which sometimes they are. Sometimes it's just how it's set up. Does it just set expectations ahead of time? I remember when Allie, our oldest daughter, was first born, Justin and I had a very brief conversation and he's like, you'll raise them until they're like in fifth grade. And then I'll take over. And then I got it from there. No, no. (laughs) Joke. But he kind of gave me the power in the situation of like, I'm going to like defer to... I don't remember this at all. (laughs) You repressed it. I have no recollection of this, nor do I agree with it in any way, shape or form. Well, What I I remember was um, when we first brought Allie home, basically saying, okay, Here's the deal. You keep you alive and the baby alive. I'll take care of everything else for yes. for now. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what I said. And so when I needed like, okay, we need to go diapers from the store or something. Yeah. And you go get it. I was working. You were staying home. Yeah. We were just trying to find our own rhythm of like, yes. one of us has to be sane. Yes. <laughs> we can't both be sleep deprived, stressed out. So we you know. kind of said, Justin sleeps at night. Uh-huh. And he works and stuff. And then when he's home, I would, you know, order him around and he would get <laughs> stuff for the baby and I. And it was a yeah. beautiful thing, really. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like it. It really was just because we kind of set our expectations. I don't even yeah. feel like it was a long, drawn out conversation. It was just kind of like, you got this, you got this. Okay, cool. We're good. Yep. I think that is what like marriages are needing and some, and the thing is you guys like did it. And I know some people do, 
but some don't. Or maybe like the wife has a hard time expressing her needs or asking, you know, there's so much pressure to be the perfect mom and do all the house stuff and do all the, you know, doing all the stuff. I've seen moms have a hard time saying like, okay, you do all the grocery shopping, you do this and I'll do that, you know, like really divvying up the work. And so I think that is a big piece of this transition is finding your rhythm and communicating clearly about who's going to do what. And I can't, you know, we each can't do it all. And one of us has to stay sane. And how do we work together to make this possible? Yeah. So you kind of talk about five ways to strengthen your marriage during this transition into new parenthood. Um, So will you tell us a little bit about, um, start with marking the transition? What is that all about? Yeah. So I mentioned that a little bit earlier. Um, The biggest thing about that is I think sometimes people don't, they don't clearly like really market and go, we have, we are, we are actually new people. Like we have a new normal. We're taking on new roles. Our marriage has changed. So I think there's something really significant. And I think birth can be a rite of passage that really marks it, but our culture often doesn't really mark it. And so I think there's something significant about doing that and, and really naming it And then looking for like, what's our new normal? So our old normal as a couple was like, we cuddled in bed every night before we went to sleep. But now we have this baby, what's our new normal? And really it affects every spot of life too. Like we spoke to, you know, maybe you want your husband to come home early from work when he can, or your fitness, your, maybe you don't go to church as often, maybe like every area of your life is flipped upside down. Like your budget is different. Your every single thing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're, yeah. You're really being reborn in some ways. And I think knowing that and allowing a lot of grace for it to be messy and to find your way is really big versus just not changing and growing and, and allowing what's new to come forth. Yeah. And so, and then the next stage you talk about is just radical care. So tell us yeah. about that. That's one that is really big in our groups and is something that I'm really longing for, for moms, but also for dads too. And it's, it's just that you are giving day in, day out, minute by minute in so many different ways. I think where you didn't have to think about it as much, the paradigm needs to shift and you need to be thinking about like, how do I nourish myself? How do I have people in my life that are nourishing? What activities are nourishing? Like, how do you give from a place where you're filled up and well versus I see a lot of parents and I did this myself, giving and giving and giving and kind of hitting rock bottom to a point where it's really affecting your marriage because you're so spent. It's really affecting your family, you know, all these things. So I think beginning in the early stages to really learn how to receive and to nourish yourself really helps a family um, just be well and really helps your children ultimately. I think we've seen that on, on this side of the conversation, just from, from the marriage standpoint, when, when the entire focus becomes around the kids, yeah, there's, you know, the date nights go away, the self-care things go away, the, the romance, the adventure, the fun the goes away. <laughs> and it's all about the kids from yeah. the point where they, I mean, as when you bring home a newborn there, it is, there's yeah. a degree of like, yeah, the child will not make it. Of course, when that pattern gets established and takes hold and then decades later, the kids are gone. Yeah. And then we see couples who look at each other and go, wait, who are you? And why do I care? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It, it's not an overnight thing. It's, it's losing ground 
a little yeah. bit at a time in the relationship. Well, and the I think the thing about the self-care thing is too, and I know dads experience this to some extent too, but there's a line between like, I know I need to take care of myself in the mommy guilt or the dad guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, however you want to play it. It's like, should, you know, I should be able to do all this and I'm damaging my child by leaving them at daycare for two hours while I go yeah. shopping or, you know, whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that ties into lies. I was thinking about, um, like lies we believe. And I think there are some uh, around self-care that, you know, I think we can get very focused on so child focused and kind of honestly control focused. If I leave my child, I'm not being a good parent. If I just to me, there's a lot of control tied up in there. So if we can let go and we can trust and we and we can change the paradigm where we believe that actually being well and going to the store for two hours on our own is going to make us a better parent when we're together with our children. Yeah, I think that's super important. I feel like that's probably pretty accurate too, because like we said, when you have a newborn come home, your world gets flipped upside down. Everything feels out of control. There's nothing that you can necessarily count on. You can't count on sleeping three hours straight. You can't count on not going insane during the day. So not burning out a a carpet cleaner in oh yeah weeks because (laughs) spits up on the sofa. Every day. Oh, (laughs) yeah. And so when you see something that you can control, you kind of tend to latch on to it thinking, well, there's one thing I can control. Exactly. Yeah. I I tried to control the sofa spots, but I think there's still a spot on one of the cushions. (laughs) You just flipped it over, honey. (laughs) From when Allie was first born. I believe so. Like, I think we just keep missing it. It's okay. I'm over it now. Just keep flipping it. Note to self. It's petrifying at this point. Okay. Uh, The dust lights probably ate it by now. We'll get back to our conversation with Nicole McCarran in just a moment. But first, we want to talk to you about community. Community is so essential to our marriages. Not only community with other couples, but men with their men folk and women with their women folk. Um, and couples really come together. Why? To support, encourage, and call one another forth. We just learn so much from each other. So join our community on Facebook where we're always talking about the topics from the podcast and so much more. So join our tribe of couples who refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage. You can find us at legendarymarriage.com slash community. And now back to the second half of our conversation with Nicole McCarran. In the first three months of like an infant's life, you know, you're really in the fourth trimester and it's kind of like anything goes. It's like the wild west, just do what it takes, you know? So it's not the best time to be like processing all of this because you're just in survival mode. Like you said, Justin, they need us then. But eventually when things begin to settle and you've marked this transition, it is really important to integrate kind of your previous, like, okay, this is who I was. These were the things that I loved into like, okay, I'm a a dad now. I'm a mom now. What do I, how do I bring these things into my new norm? So lots of identity and lots of transformation. And there's actually like brain science to back that up around the plasticity of the brain within moms changing after you have babies. And so there really is this, there's a significant window of like soul searching that can be done around who you are and what you love and your truest self. And that's why I became a coach for this period is because I, lo- I, mean, I just love that stuff. And I think coaching is such a great 
fit for that. I just, I think about that season, those maybe three months, really like right, right from right before the baby's born for about three months after the birth. And just what a great opportunity, like you're saying, what a great opportunity to, in the midst of the chaos, find moments of peace to, to bring intentionality and, and think through like, how do I want to be in this? How, who yeah. do I want to be yeah. as a mom, as a dad? Yeah, that's a good point, honey, because some of those things from your newly married self without kids, you want to still integrate into your life. And some of them it's not necessary to bring with you into that new season. Yeah. Because like, let's say, you know, you used to go out for... Be careful. <laughs> guys nights till two in the morning, you know, happy hour turns into all night drink. And this is not me. That's not you, but I'm just saying. If I'm out at two o'clock in the morning, it's because I've been kidnapped and I've been tied up in some trunk. But I'm just saying there are some things that you're like, okay, that's not me anymore. Like I need to like be a little bit more like a responsible dad. But there are things like I know for Justin, like he's always loved being outdoors and hiking and things like that. And so when you become a dad, that doesn't mean that you throw all that stuff out and you're doing yourself and your kids a huge disservice if you Mm -hmm. disown parts of your identity that are like core to you. Yeah. And I think like we figured it out. We figured our way through it. That's why we have a podcast. But I wish... (laughs) You're legit. Just think about this. I wish we had had a Nicole... In that time, like yeah. it, it's so much easier when now, you have six somebody, years later, we can look back. <laughs> well, when you have somebody who can, who's on the outside, so to speak, who's been down that road, who can guide, but also can just say, Hey, here's something you, you, you haven't thought about, or here's something you haven't yeah. looked at. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Watch out for the potholes, people. <laughs> All right. So the next thing you talk about is clear communication. Yeah. What's important about that? Well, I think in the stress and in the, you know, the crazy logistics of parenting, it can be so easy to be like lead these like fragmented passing in the night lives um, with your husband or your wife. And so I think there's, it's really important to emphasize and kind of go in with a game plan of like, okay, let's touch base. Let's say what we need. Yeah. Something about the stress makes it, can make it harder, but really putting it on the table. Like, I want to hear what you need. I'm also watching to communicate with affection, you know, under stress, I feel like we can be kind of grading to one another sharp. And I think that can be one really easy entry point for couples is to really check like their affection buckets for one another and, you know, reconnect with the affection for one another and and communicate in that way. So when you hear the baby crying, just kicking your husband from across the bed, is that <laughs> your communication? Is that affectionate? <laughs> I think that there's that, there was that, the scene from, oh, was it, this is 40 or. Okay. Uh, some movie. One of those movies where it was just like, it's your turn. And he's like, I know it's my turn. <laughs> Give me more than an 18th of a second to get up. Well, I think. <laughs> Well, to be fair, like I honestly think that men and women, their brains are wired different to react to stress in the middle of the night. Like if you hear the baby go, eh, you're like, okay, yeah. I'm on. Yeah, I'm like, totally. I'm full alert. Okay. What does the baby need? And dad needs like five minutes to wake up well, and or you something. Have a <laughs> 
Yes. Yes. That's true. <laughs> like when I hear the baby crying, all of a sudden, like, you know, I'm checking my nursing bra because I'm like, whoa, like <laughs> women over here. Oh and, yeah. And Justin's like, I'm just picturing somebody who doesn't have kids <laughs> listening to that. <laughs> they can't see you, your hand motions, and they're going blah. What? My kid screams, and I and I and I'm going blah. Okay, Nicole, tell just, us, tell us, you're you've been a doula, all this. What is yeah? The, what is the biological link that's between a mom and a baby like that after they're born? It's like you're so tied to that baby's cry. You know, there's the, it just, it feels uncontrollable. I mean, I think it's one of the beauties. I mean, and part of it, I'm sure is all the oxytocin and hormones. I mean, after birth, all of that is surging. I mean, there's so many hormonal pieces, but yeah. Well, it's almost like a fight or flight mode kind yeah. of a thing. Like, if yeah. I'm like, it's almost like to me, it's so painful to like, listen to the baby cry in the middle of the night. It's like, there's a tiger attacking my baby in the other room. Totally. It's like, and your instinct is like, go and yeah, help and fight. Well, so this, this now that makes it feel a little similar because to me it's uh it's the alarm goes off and it's panic. It's like there's a, a swarm of zombies trying to break down the front door. <laughs> Where's the gun? We've got to get the go bag and fight our way. That's through how this. it's like when a newborn baby cries. That's how the how it is for a mom. But but yeah. for me, and there there was how that manifested for me when when we were first had Allie was. Uh, it was honestly a panic. Like it was, it was mm-hmm. like a, some kind of a, of a traumatic thing that just, I, I shut down when I would hear the screaming, I, I had to get away. I would, it triggered like an, a, a rage response in me. Yeah. Remember that? Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> Not so fondly, but yes, I do remember that. No, is that, is that normal, Nicole? You know, I, <laughs> <laughs> or should I run for the hills? <laughs> You know, I do think there is, I mean, what I hear is like a stress response, like fight, flight, or flee, you know, fight. Why can't He's going to fight. He's going to fight. Exactly. Some of us are going to flee. Some of us are going to freeze, you know, and I, I think it, part of it just validates that it's an incredibly stressful time. And there's all these like biological components and like seep deprivation and all of that. So I think, I don't think it's that abnormal but I people don't talk about it that's part of the reason that I do this is I'm like let's talk about it let's talk about our rage that comes up when yeah you have to be up again at night and you hear a baby crying yes oh my gosh okay so <laughs> clear communication between the two of us I knew he was having rage issues so I told him I would take care of the baby in the middle of the night that's good that's great like, partnership you get a like, chance to calm yeah. down and when she wakes up in the morning you can do diapers and make breakfast and you know do that kind of yeah. stuff yeah great tag um, team and so number five that you want to talk about is a baseline. Tell us about yeah. the baseline. So the baseline tip is basically that coming up with your partnership's baseline, like what does it take for your partnership to function? And this isn't even at like a thriving level, but just like in this crazy survival zone, what does it take for you and your partner to really, to not completely lose sight of each other? So like, Maybe that means, okay, for five minutes a day, we're going to sit on the couch and talk. Like, like just really honestly, the baseline. Maybe that's, okay, we used to do a weekly date night, but for these next crazy three months, we have to have at least once a month date night. You know, like really just seeing the bare minimum of what will keep you going. And again, that refocuses people on each other. It doesn't make it, it's all about baby. It's like, okay, our, our marriage is important. 
how do we find what will get us through this kind of crazy season? I will never forget. Allie was born on the 9th. Our anniversary is on the 17th. And Danielle's mom was in town. Mm-hmm. Like for the birth. Her par- I think your dad was still here too, wasn't he? Probably. I don't know. Anyway. And we went to some stupid like little Panera sandwich. or something. It yeah. wasn't even Panera. <laughs> it was like some Panera knockoff. Yeah. <laughs> up, up the street. We basically went in, ordered our dinner, had our dinner, and sat there in the silence. But we left home. our two week old at home. One yeah. week old. Yeah. One wow. I mean, but we just that was our anniversary. That was our big anniversary yeah. celebration. Yeah. Was <laughs> Panera knockoff. <laughs> it was hard. It was yeah. really, really hard emotionally to to leave. And we knew we were gone for like two hours. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like door, door to door, two hours. Yes. And because I knew I needed to go home and feed the child. Yes. It was like I fed her. Hurry up. Let's go. Yes, like, no. Go to dinner. But like Come sometimes back. a win is a win, however you get it. Sure. Absolutely. Or like, Absolutely. hey, grandma, watch the baby. We're going to go for a walk, you know, yeah. we'll be back. and I have my cell phone. We're not that far. If we're, I need to run now, back. Now it's like your parents show up and they, they knock on the door. And, and we throw the children out of it. We throw the keys out of it and disappear for two <laughs> Totally. Don't call me. That's funny. They'll figure it out. They're old enough. <laughs> they know where everything is. They'll be fine. Yeah. Texas, if you need us, bye. <laughs> yeah. No, that can be a really big stretch, especially with for that radar. Like for new moms, I think leaving can be really hard. But knowing like, okay, we're investing in our marriage. I know it's hard to leave now. Sometimes it, it just feels way more complicated to leave at that time with nursing or anything like that. But really pushing, like prioritizing your marriage and going, even if we sit at Panera knockoff and stare into space because it's nice to like not think, that's something, it's a win. Yeah, and I think I want to encourage new moms to, you know, take those leaps that feel scary, but you know, rationally, there's nothing no harm that you're putting your baby in. I think sometimes moms get so in their heads when they're when they're new moms that they don't they don't they don't do anything because of fear. They're like paralyzed. They don't yeah. they don't want to leave the yeah. house because yeah. there's germs or you know, you know, all these other things. Yeah. It's like, no, your child will be a wonderful, thriving child if you take them to church on Sunday morning. Like it's Absolutely. not going to harm them. Yeah. Just go have a life. Yes. It's more harmful if you turn into a hermit that never leaves their <laughs> yes. house. Yes. Yeah. And it's good. And you're going to be better. Like new moms, you're going to feel better when you get out and you feel a little bit more like yourself and you feel like an adult and you're not just cooped up. And that's going to be better for baby. Like the happier you are and the more, you know, yourself you are, that's going that benefits your baby and your marriage. And I can only say that because I'm always, I'm always the friend that's like, come on, your kid's going to be fine. Let's go do something. And because I know it's important to hang out with your, with your guys, with your gals, you know, go out on date nights and let's mm-hmm. just do it. Let's go have some fun. Okay. So speaking of this, Nicole, oh boy, Justin what? and I, we need, we need your help. So we have okay. two little girls, oh, yeah. six and three. Uh-huh. Almost four. And because of our battle with infertility for all those years to get Allie, 
we have frozen embryos that we want to give a chance. So we're thinking of doing an IVF soon, which would result in a new baby in the Williams household. Um, wow. So that was, was a lot of detail. It was a big deal. It's a big deal. And you know what? I'm deal. always forthcoming with the details. So. Oh, yes. <laughs> <I'm> gonna- <laughs> love it. I love the details. Um, she, she walks in the door. You're never going to guess what happened today. And 10 minutes later, I'm still trying to figure out what happened today because she hasn't gotten <laughs> that yet in the story. Anyway, go on. So we're thinking of adding a new baby to the Williams household. And how do you deal with being a new mom, being a new parent over again after you've really got, I feel like we've really gotten set into a rhythm with yeah. the two girls yeah. and our life is very normal and set in right now. Yeah. What do we do with- well, you know, it ties into this to some of the same tips where I'm like, okay, transitioning to one is a transition, but transitioning to three, it's the same thing. Like it's a transition what, you know, how will you guys be in this transition? What are you needing in this transition? I think that dads can sometimes, it's a bigger transition as you add more children, because like mom is with the little, like, especially in the first couple of weeks, like with the little one nursing, you know, maybe like more tied up, maybe physically recovering. And I've seen dads have to be a lot more on with the other two. And so in some ways, I think adding more children actually kind of brings the work to dads where it's like, okay, how are you going to do, you know, how are you guys going to be in this transition? And yeah. And how do you incorporate the older children into the transition? I think creating like safe spaces for them to, you know, be with the baby and practice. How old are your girls? They're, they're three and six. Yeah. Okay. So they're great ages. I mean, they can understand more, and they can um, be safe with baby, hopefully, and not be like poking her in the eyes like an 18-month-old might or something like that. When Caroline was 18 months old, she did poke me in the eye with a pencil. It wasn't a poke. Oh, it was like a stab. Gosh. She stabbed me in the eye with a pencil. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so that's just part of our story of yeah. in our household. <laughs> yeah. That sounds real. <laughs> it's like real life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And just talking to them about it and open, I mean, they're at such a great age where they can understand and hear, you know, and, and I think there's something about being honest, like mom's really tired now, you know, if you're up with a little baby or whatever, bringing all of that, um, I think is important for our kids to see all of us, you know, even in our weakness or even in our tiredness. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean every day doesn't have to be like a Disney cruise around the house? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lord help me. Lord help me. Be going down on that cruise. I mean, sinking ship, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't like any <laughs> reference to boats going. Down. Yeah, that sounds better. <laughs> what, I mean, what comes to mind for you guys when you think about adding a third? That sounds great. I, um, well, what comes to mind for me is probably most of all a concern for the girls mm. just making time and special moments for them so that they don't feel like they're left out of the whole scene because mm-hmm. I know the baby thing can be very all-consuming. Sure. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think of time, yeah, time for, for the girls, for each other. I think of the the resource conversation like we if we have more kids we need a bigger house like it's just it's a non-negotiable i think of just like how 
time is a resource shift, how precious time is. This has been a, a conversation we've been having for the last few months is really how much time we spend doing stuff, errands and all those random things. Oh, I got to run out to the store to get this thing, or we, we have to go over and do this thing over here. And that's all time that we aren't just like investing with the kids or letting them just play and be kids. They're riding around in the back of the car. Yeah. Um, so I think everything gets you gotta be more slower. intentional. This is this is the this is the scary part for me is everything gets slower. I'm a father of two girls and it's like a competition to see how much longer we can take to do something than we did last time. <laughs> oh man. That's yeah, true. You gotta, you gotta pick the dandelions in the yard first before you go. <laughs> You got to take your shoes off multiple times while you're in the car so that every time you get out, you have to put your socks and shoes back on. Yeah. And like, yeah. so life gets a lot slower. You got to be more intentional. Do we really need to leave the house? Do we really yeah. need milk or, you know? Water will yeah. do. Yeah, it does. I mean, I, it really does slow down with a baby. And I think with a baby and then with raising another human being, like really welcoming another little person into your life. But it's interesting to me when people feel a draw to having another child, you know, and I think um, keeping that vision in front of you, like the vision, like the reasons why you feel drawn to that kind of make the choices more intentional and feel better when you're like, oh, I want this. And okay, then I'm going to slow down. Okay, I'm going to let this go kind of reconnecting with that piece. Yes. You have so much wisdom, Nicole. Where were you six years ago? <laughs> <laughs> if I was in the, in the trenches with my little ones. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So tell us, so how can our listeners find you and what you're doing with new parents? Yeah. I have a website. It's, it's mom of bloom and I do individual coaching with moms or couples too around this kind of stuff. And then I also lead postpartum groups that are like a six week session. So they can find me on my website and write me there. I'm also have a couple Facebook profiles and pages. They can find me there. And I understand you have a special coaching deal for our listeners. listeners. So we will include the link to the uh, coaching deals too. If you want to catch up with Nicole and see how she can help you on your parenthood journey. Nicole, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. So, it's always about embracing and understanding and embracing the new normal. Yeah. I mean, she talks about on the first three months are just like crazy. You're just trying to survive. Um, you, you can't even get your head up above water half the time. You know, I, I just, I think in, in terms of having kids or setting any goals or, or anything in life, when, we, when you're trying to bring intentionality, people think about it. We, we go to one end of the, the extreme or the other. Like, I, I can't, I'm not going to think past this moment, and then everything kind of piles up and caves in on you. And you wake up one day and you go, oh my gosh, what, what are we doing? Or we, we try to think through everything and see, see all the way down the track, and, and that's not helpful either. So it's just like uh, this idea of embracing the new normal. Like, what is it right now? How do we want to be together in this cha- this challenging season? Whether it's bringing home a new kid or 
moving across the country or whatever. Yeah, I love what you're saying about it being a season, though, too. And she nods to that in the interview. She says three months is kind of the season yeah. that you're just trying to get through. Um, but I think when it it's can be a little bit dangerous is when the season is now your new normal. It's yes. like, you know, she said, well, you're lucky if, you know, maybe you could go out on a date once a month or something like that. And then that just is the new normal forever and ever. Amen. Or, you know, we're not sleeping at night. Well, that's going to continue for the next year and a half I or think, whatever. I think whatever. a key way to understand that a season has turned into something else, mm-hmm. something unhealthy is when you, when you find yourself saying or thinking, well, that's the way it is. Mm. Like that, that is, that is a red alert, red flag, alarms going off. Stop, pause, find five minutes to talk to each other and, and say, what are we going to do now? Like, let, let's change the season. And so that's our challenge for this week. Our challenge this week is have a conversation with your spouse about where are you settling for kind of that bare minimum um, and take a step this week to change it. Let's do it. All right. As always, we're talking about the hot topics from this episode of the show and so much more over in our free community on Facebook. So come join the conversation. It's over at legendarymarriage.com slash community. So next week, we'll be talking with Heidi Carter, money coach. Yes, Heidi's uh, on the show. <laughs> and one of the biggest reasons for marriage fights, you guessed it, money. So overspending to be exact. So we'll dive into the ways we fall prey to our emotions resulting in overspending. So let's listen to a bit of our conversation with Heidi Carter. Growing up without a lot of money and and yet I had some family members who were very wealthy. And so my parents had kind of rebelled against that wealth. So there was these great experiences with my very favorite family members who had a lot of money and kind of juxtaposed against this belief that wealth is bad and that's not something you should strive for. So the inner child in me, you know, naturally was drawn to those wealth experiences, pretty things and fun experiences and that feeling of freedom and security. I was drawn to all of those. So inherently I didn't Uh, vibe with what my parents were doing. And yet I was stuck in that environment. And so there was just kind of this discord for me internally. So next week, we will learn all about the reasons we fall into overspending and how to make the wise decisions about spending that lead to confidence with money, resulting in putting some more green in your family bank account. You won't want to miss the insights Heidi Carter reveals about how to change your relationship with money altogether. You can find this episode and the show notes at legendarymarriage.com slash 074. Finally, we want to help more couples have conversations that matter. So if you love the show, please let us know. Jump over to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review the show so that we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.